0: Shift work is one of the most research aspects that aim at understanding unusual circadian rhythms. However, the ways to navigate altered circadian rhythms need not be impractical and alarming. Like anything else, having the right approach to diet and lifestyle amidst the framework of those altered circadian rhythms can create the right framework which can prevent the typical imbalances that might occur. In today's episode, we will answer three questions. What is typical in the life of someone with altered circadian rhythm which does not work? What are the different ways shifts move around and how do you adjust to these changes? What should be the right rhythm protocols for someone working through the night? Kate Smith graduated with distinction from the United States Air Force Intelligence Weapons Instructor course and is now a Certified Functional Nutrition Counselor and a Certified Functional Nutrition and Lifestyle Practitioner. She also worked for many years as a United States Air Force Intelligence Analyst and instructor. She's a military spouse for 25 plus years, navigating very unusual circadian rhythms. A mother of two has deployed around the globe and lived all over the United States as well as overseas. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, light functional medicine practitioner, author, and And you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Kate, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. And just, just spoke to you saying I love conversations with my colleagues, and they just seem to have this natural flow. And I've been wanting to talk about this topic, which we are going to explore today, which is unusual circadian rhythms and what can we actually do in terms of eating and how do we set our schedule and Um, I explored this. I mean, I thought of having this conversation with several sleep experts and then when you brought it up, I felt you were the best person because we really want to dive deep into practical aspects more than research, more than the science and all of that might play a role. But ultimately, I think our listeners must be thinking, what do I actually do about this? So, um, and I know you have a big Army background. I'd love to have a quick intro peek into the personal side of Kate and what brought you into this area and you're doing a lot of amazing work. So just tell us a little bit about Kate.
1: Okay. Thank you again for the opportunity to be with you and your listeners today. I should say, well, yeah, this morning for you, whenever it's on. <laughs> So um, I was active duty Air Force here in the States for about 10 years. Um, and I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in education and did a lot of training in the Air Force. And, and my husband is also, was also active duty Air Force. So a lot of, um, and he just retired. So that was after 27 years of service. So a lot of time spent with a lot of different types of um, work schedules, good and bad and ugly. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's, um, I got out of the Air Force when my daughter was born in 2004 and then was a mom and still am a mom. And just some of, like a lot of us that are in this field now, Some of my own health struggles and some of those of my family just propelled me into this new career that I love.
0: Lovely, Kate. And I think we should just start off by just talking about when we're saying altered circadian rhythms, would you like to first differentiate between those that need to be in these kind of rhythms for the nature of their work versus just choosing to sleep in the middle of the night. So I think we must differentiate that before we explore the aspects, subtle aspects of it.
1: Right. So there were there, I think between you and I, we would say a normal circadian rhythm is, you know, we wake up when the sun comes up and we go to bed when the sun goes down, but there are lots of different careers um, and lots of different service professions that end up needing just by nature of the job to have to shift that. Um, Whether it's military or first responders or police or, you know, because those types of jobs and fields end up needing to be, at work when other people aren't, like right? So yeah, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are people that are doing things and doing jobs that not the rest of us would be doing. And so those professions end up having to have alternative circadian rhythms, if you will, whether it's for a long period of time or even for a short period of time, We, you know, why I call it or we call it shift work. Um, So that would be the, I think the difference between what a quote unquote normal person would have in their day of work.
0: And Kate, so when we are looking and we're talking about what you're saying, we are not in sync with the diurnal rhythms of light and dark. And maybe we need to be awake when it's dark and asleep when it's light. So let's jump into um, what do we, where do we begin? So what do we do about our, uh, do we have a set rhythm based upon the timing of our work? Uh, what how how do we eat because sometimes it's very hard and I hear a lot of people who are in shift work you know you work the whole night you come back it's really difficult to fall asleep as soon as you come back so just let's explore it what does it look like in the life of someone who has this kind of altered rhythms
1: right so and I we actually did an experiment, if you will, like in my own house, because my husband was working shift work and he would have, um, a few days of a kind of a normal day shift. And then a few days of a later in the day shift, and then a few days of literally working at night. And so I think the best way to do that is to have a rhythm that is very similar to what you would be doing if you were just working during the day. Um, And I think a lot of people turn that on its side when they end up having to work at night. So if you think about right, when you wake up in the morning, it's maybe an hour or so, and then you have breakfast. And then a few hours later you have lunch and a few hours later you have dinner. And then a few hours later you go to sleep. That's kind of our normal, you know, and I say normal, but that's quote unquote, that's a, that's normally how we would go about things. But when people tend towards shift work or working at night, they tend to kind of flip that. Um, And, you know, when they get home in after a night shift, they'll eat something and then try to go right to bed or they will then try to sleep during the day and not when they wake up, not eat till later. And so that was what we found to not work is when it, when you end up just kind of flipping. And a lot of people will eat and munchy snacky stuff in the middle of the night when they're working in the middle of the night, because that's hard to adjust the rhythm. And so people will snack on lots of different, probably, more carb heavy to try and stay awake and keep the energy going through the night. Um, and so what we have, what we did at least here at home to shift that because Brad actually came to me and he said, how do I need to eat to make this night shift work for me? And so we looked at the timing of when the shift was and kind of backed things up from there. So if he was going to come home and go right to sleep and and wanted to be able to go right to sleep, then the best thing to do was to eat a dinner almost at like three or four o'clock in the morning. Because as one of the nutrition principles is you don't eat right before you go to bed because then your body doesn't enter into the parasympathetic state. But a lot of times that's what people do is they come home from a night shift and they eat a big meal and then they go to sleep or they try to go to sleep. And it's really hard for the body to do that. So that was the first thing we did was backed up. If we're going to sleep at say, you know, let's say, and I'm doing this from stateside times cause I can't do the math in my head, but let's say that somebody gets off work at six o'clock in the morning and they come home to, go to bed then at 7 a.m. Their last meal of the day, the day should be three or four o'clock in the morning and a good solid, like that would be dinner. And that's what we did was just kind of flipped the day into the night. So when he, he would sleep then from say 7 a.m. to two or three o'clock in the afternoon, that was seven or eight hours. And then wait about an hour or so and have breakfast at, right, like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and have a really good savory protein, fat, complex carb breakfast at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and then wait and have dinner at, I'm like doing the math in my head, um, like nine or 10 o'clock at night, another good solid protein, healthy fat, complex carbohydrate lunch, like in the middle of the night, but still lunch and then dinner three to four hours later and found after doing that for two or three days, it made the falling asleep at seven o'clock in the morning, much simpler, much, much simpler.
0: You had a lot of points in that, Kate, and I want to break it apart. But first, you did mention that he had a few days where his shift was in later in the day and then later in the evening and then finally in the night. Now, of course, this is extremely disruptive. While you did speak about the altered rhythm, it's probably... Uh, helpful to get used to that and stay with that for a while, but when it's changing every few days, uh, that can be more disruptive. So just do talk to us about what are some of the challenges that he faced when this happened every few days.
1: Yes, and it was a, for a while, it was six days at a time. So six days of a regular shift, like six in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon, and then a couple days off, and then six days of working two o'clock in the afternoon to ten o'clock in the evening, and then a couple days off, and then ten o'clock in the evening till six o'clock in the morning. And so that the the days off in between were meant to help with the adjustment, but um, and we did use that eating pattern each time we just shifted it to the right each time. And so that made the adjustment easier, but of course you're gonna have fatigue, just kind of extreme fatigue in those first couple days of getting used to a new shift. Um, And trying to not use the stimulant things to stay awake and the sugary things to stay awake. The cravings were a challenge as well. So, the, the two big ones were extreme fatigue, you know, being tired when you should be tired normally, which is at night. <laughs> and then the cravings of the, the carbohydrates and the sugary things just because your cortisol pattern is completely off.
0: And I think also what you described, Kate, is when, I mean, when any of us stay awake through the night, our tendency to regulate blood sugar goes for a toss and it's just harder. We just we crave more food overall, the quantity, when we do seek out those sugars. And before we jump into actually breaking down the food, you mentioned the tendency of people in shift work to have crunchy and airy snacks and my mind instantly went to ayurveda where you know the vata vata gets aggravated when you're awake through the night and vata when it's aggravated is what is responsible for poor sleep and one of the triggers of vata imbalance is airy dry crunchy food so we're actually contributing to some of that imbalance. So let's imagine that we're just going to explore Brad's journey when his shift was being awake right through the night. So let's break it down in as much detail as possible, right from the time he wakes up if he has to work through the night, what does he eat for his breakfast, quote unquote, which is probably the time that we might have dinner. And let's just work through his day until he falls asleep the next morning, which is in his body, technically the night.
1: Right. Um, And there there was also an exercise component in that as well. So he, found a rhythm of waking up um at about three o'clock in the afternoon and he would work out first. Um so either some sort of, you know, go for a run um or a you know lift strength training type exercise. And then at about five o'clock um in the late afternoon, he would have breakfast. And it was um, typically eggs, um, some sort of potato and like eggs with spinach and like that, a very savory breakfast that was going to last for a while. And even on some days he would eat leftovers that were, you know, from dinner the night, like from our dinner the night before he would eat leftovers for breakfast. So it was very savory, not like the you know, donuts and muffins and cinnamon, like all none of that. It was very, very solid, um, larger, savory breakfast. Because we all say the most important meal of the day is breakfast, and that starts that rhythm with that. So it was always a a, a bigger savory breakfast that he would have. Um, and so that was about five o'clock, and he would pack the other key. To this was that he would pack food to take with him, as opposed to, you know, going out to get something or whatever from from the shift. So he would pack his food for his lunch, which was middle of the night, um, usually around. I want to say at about ten, between nine and ten o'clock at night, he would eat lunch, um, and that was also. Maybe a little bit lighter than breakfast, but still a good, solid like big salad with some sort of protein on it. Lots of vegetables, lots of color, um, some fruit, and and drinking water and tea throughout the night. Um, not coffee or or anything like that, but just some sort of either herb like some sort of decaffeinated tea. Um, that he would drink throughout the night. And then at about, yeah, I want to say somewhere between three and four o'clock in the morning, he would have dinner, Um, which I know just sounds really funny, but he would have dinner, which was lighter, um, not as heavy as, as of a meal, um, but still very solid protein source. And typically we would lean towards the, Um, the poultry, which is higher in the tryptophan to help with the calming by the time it's time for him to go to bed. Um, So protein. And then again, some sort of vegetable, like a roasted zucchini or roasted carrots or something like that, some sort of vegetable, but a smaller meal. And then he would get off work at six in the morning and it was about a 30 minute drive. And we here at home had made sure that the bedroom was completely dark um, and cool and there was white noise. And so, because the rest of us were either here or getting ready to go to school or all that sort of, um, so he would wear an eye mask and we made sure the bedroom was dark and he had eaten, yeah, like four hours, three or four hours before that and would come home and brush
0: his teeth and go to bed. Beautiful Kate and I think one key point you also brought up was hydration because this disruptive nature in itself is what again go back to vata which is drying and uh, the key aspect of not having caffeine which is further drying and dehydrating not just to the fact that it disrupts sleep and you just described a meal plan that was so beautifully balancing to blood sugar and I'm pretty sure Brad was really lucky to have you to manage all of this and that's why I (laughs) want to talk to you but one thing that popped in my mind when we were talking you described how we prepared the house for him and the room was dark and the rest of us were getting ready to start the day. What happens to us in terms of relationships? Because sometimes these can be very isolating when people are barely meeting for minutes when they're crossing schedules. And um, did was there ever a feeling of being lonely or disconnected? And how did you how did you ma- navigate those areas?
1: Yes, absolutely. There was, um, and both for me and for the kids, because they, you know, they were getting out the door to school when he was coming home to go to bed. Um, so he, what we needed to do for that, and what we chose to do for that, was just to be very intentional about the time when he did wake up um, and he would set an alarm, like he wouldn't sleep past three o'clock in the afternoon. So he really did try to get home and get to bed around seven um, so that he could have that seven to eight hours of sleep. And so, and sometimes he would just wake up on his own at two o'clock in the afternoon. And so that then became our time, he and I, and then the kids got home from school usually around three in the afternoon. And sometimes he would choose to be the one to go pick them up from school instead of me. So it was just, we set an intention of in that small time that he was going to be home before going to work. We set that intention of, yes, we want to make sure that he's doing what he needs to do to be able to sleep and maintain wellness through a weird, you know, shift cycle. But at the same time, being very intentional about making sure that each one of us got time with him before he did go to
0: work. And in all this, Kate, did he have his own me time? Because sometimes we're trying to cover all our areas and then our own area goes missing. So was there ever time that was just his?
1: Yes. Um, and he is, he loves to run. Um, and so that even though it was movement to him, that was me time because he just loves to run. And so he would choose to do that. And he would go, when he goes to run, it's for distances that I would never even dream of. And so, and he, we have mountains nearby. And so he would trail run and be out in nature at the same time. And that was very nourishing for him. Um, And especially because it was still he would do that while it was still light outside so that was you know the sun in the morning for him like his morning would help with that regulation of sleep and wake time because that was one of the first things he did when he got up was be outside in the light to remind his body now it's time to be awake
0: That's a wise point, Kate, because I've heard a lot of research pointing towards how people with differing circadian rhythms have differing patterns of cortisol release, and I think what you just described was Waking up, working out, trying to get the body started and then following exactly what you would during the dinner. I have a couple more questions for you, Kate. One is, um, was there any sort of nutrient plan in all of this? Anything to help the body cope with these irregular rhythms that maybe he added to his food um, or Uh, even if you didn't back then, as a practitioner yourself today, if you were to work with people who have these rhythms, what would your approach be at this point in time?
1: So from a supplemental standpoint, is that kind of where you're, yeah, the question. So we did flip, um, (laughs) we kind of flipped a couple things from one time to another time. So he was already taking magnesium at night. So we just shifted that to the morning bedtime and continued with that rhythm, just because that also um, magnesium glycinate is helpful for sleep. And so he continued to do that, just did it at you know what bedtime became. Um, and then <clears throat> he also was taking a B vitamin and uh, B vitamins are very energizing for most people. And that's, so I normally recommend those in the morning. And so what he did was just take those in, you know, at his morning, which was, you know, two o'clock ish, two or three o'clock in the afternoon. That would be one of the first things that he would take. Um, for the first couple of mornings that were supposed to be bedtime, he did add Um, some melatonin, but really only needed that for like maybe two or three days and then really found that it was counterintuitive to his body, actually not helping. Um, So used it for like two days and then realized that he didn't need it and slept fine because of the other rhythmic changes that we had made to his day.
0: And Kate, how many years did these irregular rhythms go on in the case of Brad? (laughs) And uh, when it did change, how did it settle down? And did he notice anything in terms of um, symptoms or anything that manifested after he was out of this situation because sometimes when we're in the situation we cope and then once we calm down and we get back to a regular state of affairs that's when the body starts to express something
1: right so ultimately really there have been shifts that He has had to make, and even that I did for 10 years, but really for his entire 27 years of service, there were times when he would, you know, have to be at work at three o'clock in the morning or have to work, um, a night shift or so really over the course of 27 years, there were lots of different shifts, um, and lots of different changes. Obviously I didn't know. Then what I knew now, and so there were a lot of different things that happened. um, Insomnia would pop up in that, especially coming out of a, um, you know, working a night shift for quite some time and then trying to flip back to a normal circadian rhythm, quite like a lot he suffered from insomnia. Um, And then some anxiety, also played a part like came up as a symptom from those different times of not being able to sleep when should be able to sleep and and the what he did mention specifically like this pattern the things that i helped him with that was over the last like 3 years and he very specifically mentioned that this was the easiest time he'd had adjusting to different schedules based on what we did collectively for both sleep hygiene and from a nutrition standpoint. So if, if you know, if I'd have known those things for the, you know, 24 years before that, then it might've been a different story. But he did say that this was the easiest time that he had had making adjustments based on what we had done.
0: And I think it, typically when you hear about shift work in the sleep community you hear about practitioners you talking about using the light box to readjust the rhythms and you're talking about none of that you're talking about simple intervention and just pure logic and using it to reset rhythms and how do we interact with our environment which is really beautiful and also something that almost anybody can do. Uh, You don't need to go anywhere or you don't need to do anything. You're also talking about the fact that if Brad today is um, in vibrant health, in spite of so many years of this shift work, um, there is so much hope because generally the research you read points towards very, Uh, panic causing and alarming aspects that when we've been in shift work for a long time we have increased risk for certain conditions or we have a higher tendency to develop many many symptoms and I think what I took away from your conversation was just that um, use simple logic get back to the basics and really you can uh biohack this really while i don't generally use that statement that's exactly what it sounded like um
1: right yeah yeah. i suppose it is Yeah.
0: (laughs) anything final kate that pops up in your mind which you'd like to share which we might have missed out i was trying to think
1: um We talked about the hydration. The, so the one, there was one thing that he did mention um, there was a specific tea and I bet I'm, I'm, I've, I have a feeling that you can relate this in and from an Ayurvedic standpoint, there was a specific tea that felt the best to him when he was working at night. And it was um, it was a, a very warming tea of cinnamon and ginger and um, know pepper it, it i mean it was called sweet and spicy but the the primary herbs that were in it were very warming herbs because he said he tended to feel chillier at while he was awake at night and so that was something that felt good to him to drink throughout the night was a was a warm tea full of warming
0: herbs Lovely. Yeah, that sounds exactly like counter to Vata's qualities of cold and dry, and that tendency to feel chilly and seeking out the warmth and. All of that was lovely, Kate. It was a pleasure having this conversation. I think time just flew by. Where can people find you if they'd like to know about your work or if anyone's in shift work who would love to be guided by you through this process?
1: Sure. Um, I have uh, a website. It's www.essentiallyhealthywithkate.com. And I'm also on social media, both Facebook and Instagram, and it's just at essentially healthy with Kate. Um, and they can reach me either way. Um, and I'm fine with that. And then we can, you know, be in touch more from there. That's probably the easiest is to either direct message through Facebook or Instagram, or there's on my website, there's a way to just submit, hey, I'd like to talk to you about whatever.
0: Thank you, Kate, for guiding us through altered circadian rhythms and uh, very practical, usable ways to biohack this.
1: Thanks, Deepa. This was really fun. I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be with you.
0: On today's episode, we heard Kate Smith walk us through navigating unusual circadian rhythms beautifully. In general, You might have heard of using light therapy to help restore the right circadian rhythm. Practical approaches to biohacking our way through shift work is never spoken about. Kate did an amazing job. Here's my perspective in shift work. As I mentioned on the episode, shift work and altered circadian rhythms are a major trigger for vata imbalance. I do find that anyone with any symptom or condition has some level of vata imbalance anyway. Eating warm foods versus cold foods is the best way to support your body if you are continuously in an environment that disrupts vata. Stay away from the raw and cold smoothies and enjoy a warm plate of cooked food. Have a wonderful day. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Professional, please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition. Be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding if you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com it is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Professional, please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition. Be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.